Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Sota daf Yudtes, the beginning of Bezrus Hashem, the third parakam of Sechus Sota. We are holding on daf Yudtes, Amadalv, at the beginning of the parak. Today's year is sponsored by Dr. David Lander, in honor of his wife and children, Ali Ili Nishmas, his mother, Goldabah Simcha, Shalom. And it's also sponsored by Eliza and Aaron Hertz and family, in memory of Eliza's father, Judge Noach, dear Zakhronel Vracha, a dear friend of our Shul, Noach Ben Meshul Meshraga whose third yard site was yesterday, his Neshama Shev and Aliyah. We thank both sponsors very much for sponsoring the daf. Uh, we are holding, as I said, at the beginning of the third parak, and the Mishnah is going to talk about how the Mincha Sota was brought, meaning we've already described in the earlier uh, prakim that bringing the Sota to the Kohen and the Beis Hamikdash and the Dinam of putting the Afar in the Mayim and the writing of the Megillah and the Kohen being Mashbiah, the woman. So now we move on to the discussion of how they actually brought the Karban Mincha. The Gemara is going to discuss how we know that the Bailim also participate in the Tanufa. If you read the Psukim about the Mincha Sota, it sounds like only the Kohen does the Tanufa, does the waving of the Sota. The Gemara is going to explain of the Mincha. The Gemara is going to explain the Machlokas. There is a, mach- a Machlokas or Mishra, whether Hakravas Mincha or the drinking, which one comes first. So the Gemara is going to try to explain that Machlokas, what it's based on. Why would you think that the Hakravas Mincha comes before the Hashaka? Why would you think that Hashaka comes? before the Akravas HaMincha. And it turns out that there are three separate psukim in the Torah that describe vihishka, that describe giving the woman to drink. So it's a, it really revolves around how we learn those three psukim. And the Gemara is going to explain how we derive, uh, how each Tana, three different shitos and Tanaim, how each of them explain those three psukim in the Torah. Then, on the bottom of Amit Beis, the Gemara is going to clarify whether... Uh, Rabbi Akiva holds that we're mashko a woman against her will. Meaning, what if a woman says, I refuse to drink? So do we shove it down her throat, or do we say, well, wait a second, what's the point of the, of the drinking of the mesot? It's to see if she's guilty or not. If she refuses to drink, she's guilty, right? Meaning it already did its job just by uh, having her refuse to drink. So we're going to see machlokas uh, tanaim and a stira, a double stira within shitas Rabbi Akiva, um, and uh, we'll resolve those stiras. And we'll see if we get to it today, but on the top of Chafam Ralph before the Mishnah, the Gemara is going to discuss what if she very calmly refuses to drink. Can we still, can she, does she still have the right to change her mind? Meaning, do we uh, view a calm refusal to drink as a, an admission of guilt? And once she admits that she's guilty, well, then she's not going to be allowed to drink the Mesota afterwards. So let's begin at the beginning of the parak on Daf Yutas Amr Aleph. So the Mishnah d- describes how they would bring the Minchasota. They would take the carbon mincha from the kvifa mitzvahs. He would take the carbon mincha from the kvifa mitzvahs, from this uh, wicker basket. Wait a second. Who is he? Who's the one that's taking? So Rashi says one word, habal, that it's the baal that does the taking, and that's what Toshan says as, as well. However, Toshan that no, it's not the baal, it's the kohen that takes the uh, the mincha from the kvifa mitzvahs. And the Karanoris says that that's Shittas Harambam as well in Parakimel, Halacha Yud Gimel. And uh, the Karen Nora points out, it seems to be the sheet of the Chumash. Pasuk says, V'lokach ha-kohen miyada isha es minchas ha-kanaos ve'en if es ha-minchal v'nei Hashem v'ikrav o'salem z'beach. So it sounds like it's talking about the Kohen. So uh, the Torah Saknaos says, how, how is Rashi going to read the Pasuk? He's got to fit in with the Pasuk as well. And the Pasuk identifies the Kohen. So he says, no, V'lokach 
Kohen is not talking about the taking of the Karba Mincha from the woman. It's talking about the Tanufa, that he, uh, that he, he, he d- does some sort of action in order to engage in the waving of the, uh, of the Karba Mincha. But the initial taking that we're talking about over here is, uh, is by the Baal in the Nitziv, in Romi Sada. He says, and, and why, why would Rashi say the, ba- the Baal? Meaning, okay, you could be metarates how it might fit the Pasuk, but what would motivate Rashi to say that it's the uh, the Baal? So he says he's medayik from the Hemshech of the Mishnah, because the Hemshech of the Mishnah says, V'koin maniach yado. Sounds like that's where the Kohen enters the scene, that up until this point, the Kohen hadn't been there yet. So, okay, so somebody, either the Baal, according to Rashi, or the uh, Kohen, according to Tosa and the Rambam, takes the Mincha from the Kriva Mitzris, v'nostol the toch klishares, and puts it into a klishares in order to be mekadesh the Mincha. And then v'notzna al yada, and then uh, they put while it's in a kli, the klishares, they put it on her hand to fulfill the mitzvah of hanaf. I mean, they put it in her hands. The coin maniach yado mitachtel umanifa, and the coin puts his hands under her hands, and together the coin and the woman wave the uh, the minchasota. Now we had said v'nosol the tol klishares, they put it in a klishares. The kid Rashi points out the kiddush mishnah amincha betol klishares doesn't have to be dafka by a coin. A coin uh, by Menachos, uh, Kohen only has to do mikmitzah ve'elach. From the time of the kmitzah and on, every avoda is done by the Kohen. But the kiddush ha'mincha b'klishares and the yitzika and the belila, all of that is kosher even with the czar. So it doesn't have to be that no solotok klishares is really the uh, the Kohen. In the Yerushalmi, though, it says that the Kohen is no solotok Well, why? If the halacha is by korban mincha, only mikmitzah ve'elach, why would the Yerushalmi say that it's the Kohen that puts it in klishares? So Tosas writes that Yerushalmi knows that it would be kosher if it's done with the czar, but since the Lekichas HaMincha Miyada Isha was done al Yedei Kohen, since the Kohen was the one, after all, that's what Tosos was mochiach from Yerushalmi, that Yerushalmi holds that that first line in the Mishnah HaYenotel was the Kohen, so since the Kohen's already involved, see, he's the one that's makdashit in the Klisharis as well. So good, so now the Kohen takes it, he puts it in uh, Klisharis, they put the Klisharis in the woman's hand, and the Kohen and the Isha together are mainif, they together are uh, wave the uh, the cover mincha. The Gemara is going to derive uh, from Sukkim how I know that both of them have to be involved in the waving. Both the Kohen and the Bailim. And in this case, the Bailim is the Isha. Tosas calls Yerushalmi that asks the obvious question. Is this appropriate that the Kohen is going to be touching the woman's hands as they're waving the uh, the mincha? It's not, it's, uh, it's, uh, it seems to be a violation of, uh, of uh, Isr Nagiyah. They're not allowed to be. He's not allowed to be touching an Eishas Ish, he's holding her hands as they're waving the uh, Karb Mincha, so uh, Tos quotes two Terutzim. Number one, he says that uh, maybe they bring a very elderly Kohen who's uh, unlikely to have Hirhurim, so meaning it's not that there's a din in Nagia. The din is Nagia Bedarach Taiva, that if the person experiences some, some sense of Taiva, but if there's absolutely no sense of Taiva in the Nagia, then it's not an Isser. There's no Isser called Nagia. There's an Isser called Nagia Bedarach Taiva. So uh, so there's no, it would be no problem if the zak, if he was a zakin and he had no yetzerar for such things. Another possibility, says Tosos, is that it took like two seconds. So uh, the, even if it was a young kohen, we're not choshesh for such a short amount of time for such a quick thing that it's going to uh, that it's going to arouse a yetzerar. There's a major discussion in poskim whether a, uh, a man is allowed to shake a woman's hand in a business context. So uh, so many of the poskim are machmir that it can't be done even in a business context, even if it's just a handshake where it doesn't seem to
to be a derech taiva kind of uh, interaction. Uh, Rav Willig Shlita used to say that, uh, w- w- that he's mekel, but he said for, for those who are mekel, it should be a quick, brisk handshake. Why a quick, brisk handshake? So he always points out, because that's, that's this Yerushalmi, that, uh, that if it's for a very short period of time, it doesn't allow for, uh, for the Yitzharara to, which is a business-like handshake anyway, right? If you go in the business meeting and you start holding the person's hands like you're a Rebbe or whatever, so then it's not going uh, it's not, it's not to play out well. So uh, a quick, brisk handshake is the way that it's supposed to be done. So the Karmana Eda explains that Bisham uh, Muetas, you're not going to really have a Yitzharara. There's a Tshuva, and the Tshuva's base Yehuda, Nevedazer Simulam and Gimel, he says uh, it's more than just the fact that it's quick, because we can't just be matir people to touch uh, women quickly. Uh, it has to be more than that. He says it's context also. They're in the Azara. Everybody is watching. Uh, you know, the, 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 what she's being judged for is, uh, you know, sexual immorality. It's, it's, it's not a likely place where he's going to develop some sort of Taiva, the Ritva, writes in the name of the Yushalmi that the Kohen puts uh, his hands under the Yali Isha, the Ritva writes, Bisamuch, that, that, that it doesn't mean that he touches her as a third answer. He doesn't actually touch her. He, he puts his hand somewhere else on the Kli, right near where her hands are on the Kli, but not that he actually touches the uh, the the Kli, the, uh, the, not that he actually touches her hands. He's touching the Kli. The Yad Isha is not going to be chotzeitz between the Yana Kohen and the uh, the Kli, um, uh, and and uh, the the that, that's how Toshan writes as well. That's what Tosa seems to indicate in Masechus Kiddushin Daf Lamed Vav Amid Beis as as well. Um, and uh, the the uh, Tosa Rush writes in the name of Rashi that the Tenufa of the Kohen that by the Tenufa of the Kohen Chatzitz uh, is not going to pasul because the Iker Tenufa is uh, is is them. So okay, but uh, but that's the uh, the discussion over here of how exactly do you pull the off without the Kohen touching the woman or without violating some sort of Isra by touching the woman. So again, three basic approaches. Either you get a Kohen who's a Zakein, a Zakein uh, who's not going to have a Yitzharah, or it's a Shamuetas and when you add in the context, very unlikely that there's going to be Yitzharah or he doesn't actually touch her. He only touches the Kli. He just puts his hands near where her hands are. Okay, so the Mishnah continues. Heinif, so together they are Meinif the Mincha, they wave the Mincha. Vihigish, and then the Kohen brings the Mincha to the Karen Marabis Dromis of the Mizbeach. Remember, we already discussed that, that uh, they bring the Mincha to the Karen Marabis Dromis, but the actual contents of the Kli don't have to touch the Karen Marabis Dromis. They don't uh, like you know, dump it onto the Karen Marabis Dromis. It's just, it's just in a Kli by the Karen Marabis Dromis. Kamatz, then the Kohen takes a Kamitza from the Karen Mincha. There's a discussion of Masechus Menachos. Is there a shear for a minimum shear of how much he has to get in his Kamitza? What if he has a very small hand? So uh, the Raman Paskin has got to be at least Shnei Zesim. That you need Shnei Kazesim, which maybe tells you something about the shear of a Kazayas. That if in three fingers on the average hand you could fit Shnei Zesim, so maybe Kazayas is not as gigantic as uh, as, as, as the Bihuda and others uh, suggest. Okay, but uh, that's the Raman Shita Shnei Zesim. So Kamatz Vihiktir, and then he's Maktir the Kometz, just the part that he takes out with the Kamitza, he burns on the Mizbech, Vashar Nechel and then the Shirayim of the Mincha, that gets eaten by Kohanim, and we already learned that they can make nice recipes with it, they could add Devash, and they could add Yayim, they could put nice things in it, they just can't allow it to become Chametz, that's their only 
limitation. So now the Gemara says, the Mishnah says rather, uh, when would they be mashka the sota in relation to the bringing of the carbon mincha? So according to the Chamim, they would take the carbon mincha from the kfifa, put it in a klisha race, and then hayamashka vacharkach makraves minchasa. At that point, they'd be mashka her the mayim, and only then they'd be makrav the mincha. They would take the kmitza and, and burn them as back, even though we already just discussed how they would uh, they would burn the kmitza on the mizbech? The gemara is going to deal with that. How can you just discuss the whole thing and then say, "Oh, hayamashke vachar kach makrav"? We just learned about the hakrava. Sounds like the hakrava already happened. Rabbi Shimon Omer makravis minchasa vachar kach hayamashke. That first they would be makrav the mincha. They would be makdir the komets and all of that, and then they'd be mashke shenemar. Because after the haktaras mincha, it says the achar yashke as he isha as hamayim. So in hishkav vachar. But Rabbi Shimon says, if they did it in the reverse order and they gave they, they gave her to drink too early before they were makrav the mincha, that's kosher as well. That's going to work as well. So that's the machlokas tanaim whether the mashkev achach makrav or makrav v'achar kach mashkev. But everyone agrees that if they were mashkev achach makrav, that it's for sure going to be kosher. So first things first, says the Gemara. Amalei Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yoshia didare. Rabbi Lazar said to Rabbi Yoshia of his generation, lo teisav akareich ademefarshat loch laham. Do not sit on your feet until you explain this matter to me. How do we know the Minchasota requires a Tanufa? So, just a couple of technical points in the phrasing of this. Uh, we'll get to the, the question itself. But before we even get to the question itself, he's talking to who? Rabbi Yoshia. No, not just Rabbi Yoshia. Rabbi Yoshia Didare, the Rabbi Yoshia of his generation. What does that mean? How many Rabbi Yoshias were, were there? Why? You know, there are a lot of names that repeat themselves in Shas, where there were people in different generations that had the same name. We very rarely say Didare. We, we, the Tosas always figures it out. So, it's, oh, this one lived in Bisman Besamindos, and this one did, and then Tosas always tries to figure it out. But it very rarely in the Gemara says Didare. Why does it say Didare? So Rashi writes, because in the generation of Rabbi El Azar, the Amora, Rabbi Yoshia, the Tana, was, was, uh, was still alive. Rabbi Yoshia the Tana was a bar plukta of Rabbi Yonah's son but it would have been uh, extremely disrespectful for Rabbi El Azar, the Amora, to talk to Rabbi Yoshia the Tana in such a way. that Don't sit down until you explain this to me. So it couldn't be that he was talking to him. He must have been talking to a contemporary to an Amora named Rabbi Yoshia not Rabbi Yoshia the Tana. So that's why the Gemara wants to emphasize that he shouldn't be choshed that Rabbi El Azar was being disrespectful. Second uh, issue over here, what kind of phrase is this? Lotesev akarech, don't sit on your feet. Most people don't sit on their feet. He wasn't going to sit on his feet. What is that even about? What does that mean? So uh, the Ritva writes in Masachas Makos, the name of Rabbeinu Tam, that it's really an abbreviation. He's telling him two things. It's lotesev, don't sit. Rather, amon al karech, you should stay standing on your feet, meaning stay on your feet. Don't sit down at all. Uh, so that's how the Ritva understands that, that that expression comes up all over Shas, but the Ritva in Mako says that's what it means all over Shas. That it doesn't mean to sit on the feet, it means don't sit at all, rather remain standing. Uh, the, in the Mincha Chareva, he has uh, an interesting uh, uh, take on it. He says that it could be based on what the Gemara says in Megillah Dav Chafalif, that Rava Amar Rakos Mu'umad Vikashos Miyushav. 
that when you're dealing with easier halachas, you can handle them even while you're standing. But more difficult halachas, you have to analyze while sitting down so you're able to focus all your energy on the, uh, on the learning. So you wanted him to know that the question I'm about to ask you is not like this complicated question. I'm just asking where we learn Tanufa from. It's a pretty uh, postural question. So he was giving him a heads up that uh, you know, I'm not going to challenge you with a, with a difficult question. So, some suggest that Lotesh Vakarech means um, that, uh, that you shouldn't sit on the place where even if you don't go somewhere else, on the place where your feet are right now. Or Karech may relate to like Kire Amita, that a bed has legs. So he's saying don't sit on the chair with the legs or something like that. Okay, but uh, the Ritva I think is, uh, is, is, is probably the Pashtos that don't sit down, rather stay standing because here's my simple Shaila for you. How do I know Mincha Sota requires Tanufa? So says Gemara, that's a strange question. Minalan Vehenif Ksivba. Open up a Chumish. It says, so uh, what do you mean? What do you know? So it says, no, no, no. What he meant to ask, what Rabbi El Azar meant to ask is, how do I know that the Bailin does? The Tanufa of Minchasota. So he says, Oh, Asya, Yad Yad Mishlamim. We learn Xer Shava, Yad Yad from the Karban Shlamim. The Tanufa of the, the there's a Tanufa by Karban Shlamim as well, of the Chaz of Ashok and the Emurim of the Karban Shlamim. Ksiv Hachabai Minchasota, it says, Vlachacha Kohen Miyad, Miyad Haisha. Uksiv Hasaman by the Karban Shlamim, it says, Yadav to Vienna. So we learn, Makan, just like Lagabe the Sota, the Tanufa is Al Kohen, because it says Beferish in the Pasuket, it's a Kohen, Safla Alon. So by the Kavon Shalom also, we learn that Tanufa has to be Kohen, that it's a Kohen that does it. Umala Alon, and just like by the Kavon Shalom, it says Bailim, the, uh, the Pasuk is clear that it's done by the Bailim, because it says Yadav to Vienna, and it's talking about Tanufa, and that Pasuk is about the Bailim, Safkan. So to Baisota, we see Bailim, that there's a requirement that the Tanufa be done by the Bailim. HaKetzal, how could a Tanufa be done uh, how is the Tanufa done by both, whether it be by the Sota or by the Shlamim? How is it done with the Bailim and the Kohen at the same time? The Kohen puts his hands underneath the Bailim's hands. In the case of the Sota, it was complicated. We had that Tosos that discussed how you do it because it's a woman, but he'd put the, uh, his hands underneath the Bailim's hands, and together they would be Mainif. The uh, they, they, they would be main if the uh, the the carbon the uh, in in uh, Maral in uh, Gor Aryeh he writes that how do I know that it's Meniach Yado Tachas Yad Bailim maybe it's Meniach Yad Bailim Tachas Yado meaning all you see from the two Psukim you have two even Psukim one by Shlomim that talks about Bailim one by Sot that talks about Kohen ah so it must be both right when you don't have a Kosva Shlishi you have a to tell me which uh, which one to follow so it must be it's uh, it's both a lot of examples of that in this Masechta of two Psukim that say different things right does the water going first does the offer going first a lot of different uh, examples of that but uh, so it must be that it's telling me that it's telling me both. So the, says Maral, how do I know that uh, that it's the Yad Kohen, Tachas Yad Bailim, and not that it's Maniach Bailim, Tachas Yad Kohen? So he says, because Pesach says Yadav to Vienna, so it sounds like that the Chalavim are put direct, directly on the Yad Bailim. So it's got to be that the Yad Kohen is Milamata. He says, furthermore, the Tanufa has to be Al Yadav the Kohen, because the Tanufa is an Avoda. So the Kohen needs to be taking the lead in the Tanufa. Whoever's hands are on the bottom is more likely to be the one that's, you know, driving the uh, you know the the tanufa because uh, he's the one that's applying the force. Otherwise, if the person whose hands were on top were uh, were really the one that was uh, doing the tanufa, the other guys, the other person's hands might 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 lag behind and fall off. 
So, uh, so it's the, the, the bottom hands are the ones that are doing the tenufa, so it's more likely that the bottom hands are the Kohen's hands, and he's the one that's really, that's really performing the action of the tenufa, and the Bailim's hands are just stuck in between the Kli and the Kohen's hands as he's doing it. Okay, so now we had said in the Mishnah, So most of the daf is going to be about this topic. Which came first, the Hakrava or the Hashaka? So the Gemara brings them, the, 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 from that the, the Gemara understands that the Mishnah is writing the Seder HaKrava Samincha with Ashkenaz HaSotah. So Gemara says, well, wait a second. Ha'ikrava, we already said in the first part of the Mishnah, Higish, Kamat, Hiktir, that's already the whole HaKrava. And we hadn't mentioned that she drinks yet. So how can we then say that, uh, that, that, uh, that after the Hashaka, only then your Makrif? We already went through the Akrava. This is what the Mishnah is doing. It's telling us the entire Seder of the Karban Mincha itself, independent first of where the Hashaka fits in, just what you do with the Karban Mincha. Oh, and by the way, and where the Ashka'a fits in in that process, oh, that's a machlokas between Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbanon. The Rabbanon Savri Mashke Viachar Kach Makravis Munchasa. The Rabbanon hold that somewhere in the middle over there, before you do the Hakrava, you got to be Mashke the Sota. And Rabbi Shimon Savri Makravis Munchasa Viachar Kach Mashke. No, you do that whole process, you finish the Hakrava, and then you do the Hashkasa Sota Shinamar, because it says in the Pasuk, Viachar Yashke, that after uh, you do the, the Mincha, only then are you Mashke the Sota. So then Mishnah said, Vim Hishkavach. If you did the Ashaka too early, before you did the Akrava, that's going to be kosher as well. So the Gemara is going to bring a brisa to, that, dis, that discusses how does each Tana know their, uh, their Shita? Where do they get the idea from that the Akrava should come first, that the Ashaka should come first, that the Yevon works, even if, uh, if, it, if it's done in the wrong order, according to Rabbi Shimon. So what's important to know over here, the Gemara is going to spell it out uh, explicitly a little bit later, but what's important to know over here is is that the Torah mentions Hashaka three times, and that's the source of the confusion. Because the first time it mentions Hashaka is before it mentions Hakrava, and the last two times are, are, are after. The Torah says, The Kosovis Ha'olo Se'ela Hakoin Basefer Umacha El Me'amarim, Vihishka Se'isha Me'amarim, Ama'arim, Uvava, Ma'im Ama'arim, Lamarim. Right away he says, You got to be Mashka the Isha. And then it says, Right, so right there, if you were to stop the parsha right there, it sounds like Hashaka, and then the, the Hashka'a, and then the Hakrava. But then it goes on to say, then it says that they do the Kmitza and the Akhtar and afterwards, and it uses that word, it says Viachar. The other times it mentions Hashaka, it just mentions that Hashaka is done, and, and, and it places it in a certain spot in the parsha, but it doesn't explicitly address timing. In the second time it says, it says Viachar Yashke, that afterwards you're Mashke the Mayim. And then it says, Again, the third time. So it's all about how to parse out those three, uh, those three mentions of the drinking. So the first time it says it already says after the Akhtar Samincha it says so, uh, and, and 
afterwards is the, the, it's, it's the real Zman Chiyuv. So why would it say Vishkasi Isha beforehand? Meaning uh, it's more Mestaver that uh, Hashaka is really, uh, really afterwards. Um, because uh, the, the Pasuk of Achari Yashkasi Isha means after everything else in the Parsha. So it's, it's very Mestaver that the, that the drinking is going to be after the carbon mincha. So why does it mention drinking already before the carbon mincha? That's to tell me Shimnimcha Kamagilov Omeris Any Shosa Ma'arunosa. That if a woman if they already erase the, the uh, Megillah and the woman refuses to drink, we force her to drink. We open up her mouth, we stick something in her mouth so she won't be able to close it and we pour it down her throat. Umashkinosa Balkarcha. So that's why it says Hashka'a right after the Mechika Samagilla to tell me that as soon as Mechika Samagilla happens, the Hashka is a done deal. It's going to happen. Not that at that very moment we do it, but now you know that it will happen. So that's the first hashka'a that's mentioned in the parasha, according to Rabbi Akiva. Now, what, what in, in, the, in the Mishnah, we only had Rabbanon and Rabbi Shimon, right? We didn't have Rabbi Akiva. So we're really introducing a new Tana over here. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, when it says, when it says, after the Hakrava, Matam Lomer, why does it have to say that? It already says in the next Pasuka, in the third time it says Vihishka, that Vihishka Samayim. So I already see from there that Tashka is after the Haktara. So why does it... Uh, why does it mention va'achar uh, yashke? So Ella, from that pasuk we learn li'achar kolamaisim kulan ha'amurin lemaila that uh, the uh, after we're mashpia the woman she's makabel the shavua we write the megillah we erase the megillah we do the haktara of the mincha only after we do all of those things are we mashke the isha. So it says va'achar yashke to say va'achar everything, not just after the carbon Mincha. I already know that it's after the carbon Mincha. So, and that really highlights for me that there are actually three things that need to, that are ma'akiv, that must be done before your mashke. Number one, you need to do the akrava of the comets, you need to burn the comets uh, of the Mincha and the Mizbech. Number two, you need to have already erased the Megillah in order to be mashke the Sota. And number three, she needs to have been Kabel the Shavua that we uh, that we impose upon her. So uh, these three things. Wait a second. Adshlo karav hakometz. The fact that you have to be makrav the kometz first before you mashke her. That I get. That's Rabbi Shimon Tavei. Don't makrav mashke. That's Rabbi Shimon Shita in the Mishnah. That's consistent. That you got to do the whole hakrav of the karban, and only then after you makrav the kometz or you mashke the isha. That I have no problem with Rabbi Shimon highlighting that that's ma'ake that it's got to be done before you do the the the, the but does he really need to highlight? Does the pasuk really need to highlight that you need to be mochik the megillah before she drinks? If if you weren't mochik the megillah, what exactly are you giving her to drink? It only makes sense to give her to drink once you've been mochik the megillah. There's nothing else to be mashkar. So Ravashi lo nitzrucha l'sherishumo nicker. That uh, the the only uh, thing it's highlighted. Of course, you erase the megillah, but what if it didn't fully erase? What if a Rosham of the Ksav is still recognizable on the Megillah? So then you can't uh, be Mashka the Mayim anymore and you're going to have to uh, be erase it. You can't be Mashka the Mayim yet. You're going to have to erase it again to the point that it's in Rishumo Nikr. So that's what it's telling me. Of course you have to erase it before you Mashka her, but we're highlighting you have to make sure that it's fully erased before you Mashka her anything. Now the Gemara says, and the third thing that we said, the, the third thing that's Makiv that you need to do before your Mashka, 
Achlo to Kabbalah Shvua, that she needs to be Makabal the Shvua. So the Chora, Mishtu de Loshasya, Hamichtav Kasvila, that only the Hashka'a is Ma'akev, the Kabbalah Shvua is only Ma'akev the Hashka'a. So it sounds like you can't be Mashka her until she's Makabal the Shvua, but it sounds like they're allowed to write the Megillah before she's Makabal the Shvua. Meaning by highlighting that she can't drink it until she's Makabal the Shvua, it seems to suggest that you're allowed to make the Mehamar. Him. You're allowed to write the parsha before she's makabel the shvua. Vama Rava, but didn't Rava tell us Megillah Sota Shakasva Kodum Shit Kabul Shvua Loasavlo Klum that you're not even allowed to write the parsha before she's makabel the shvua? So it says Maria Nachinami Kedinasva. That din is written Shalola Tsarak, that the Ksiva also cannot be done before the Kabbalah Shvua. So obviously if you can't write the Parsha before the Kabbalah Shvua, so obviously you can't be Mashkeher before the uh, Kabbalah Shvua. So Tzveres Tzion uh, tries to come up with a Hechitim so that the Gemara shouldn't have had to say Kedinasva. Meaning maybe their Taki is a Chiddush over here that she cannot uh, drink before the Kabbalah Shvua. Aye, but you can't do the Ksiva before the Kabbalah Shvua. Anyway, what's she going to drink without a Ksiva? So he points out that there is a uh, Sugya, um, uh, the Tosos uh, the, the, the Yitzayim quotes from Yerushalmi that it's a machlokas amoraim if they make the mei sota out of the parsha sota ksuva betora. Let's say they scrape off the letters that are written in the Torah to produce the uh, the mei sota. So uh, will that work? Does that work as mei sota? Ooh, so then the ksiva didn't even happen as a ksiva l'shem the sota. The ksiva was a ksiva sefer Torah. So you can have a hechitinsa where it, 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 you know you can't do the ksiva afterwards, but if there's no uh, after the shvua, but if there was no, but if the ksiva was already uh, was already done it could be that you'll you, you, you know that you, that uh, that you have to tell me uh this uh that she can't be mashka she can't be shosa says he says but it's just such an uncommon case the gemara would rather say kadinas but the gemara would rather say yeah it's unnecessary to say that you can't be mashka until she's because you can't even write it until she's assuming because we're always going to assume that you are writing the parsha for the uh for this purpose okay so that, that's the shita of Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Akiva in that price. Um, so uh, comes along the Gemara and says, my Kamifliki, what is the Nekudus HaMachlokas between the Rabbanon in our Mishnah and Rabbi Shimon? Whether the Ashka comes before the Akhtara or the Akhtara comes earlier. So Tfasa Kriyaksivi, there are three Psukim in the Parsha of the Ashka Sasota. Vihishka Kama, there's the first uh, Vihishka that's, that, that, that the Torah mentions before it mentions the Haktara of the Komet. Then the Achar Yashka, where the Torah talks about after the Akhtar of the Kometz, and then the Hishka Basra, and then the third time again after the Akhtar of the Kometz. Rabbanon Savri, the Hishka Kamalukufo. The Rabbanon hold that that first time it says Vishka, that's when she drinks before you actually Shemashka, the Acharkach Makrovitz Minchasa, that she drinks, and then you're Makrov the Mincha. And then the second Pasuk, the Achar Yashka, that tells me that only after the Megillah is fully erased can you can she drink from the uh, from the mesota but if it's not fully erased if it's still rishumonikar then the mesota is not ready for her yet but it has nothing to varchayashka is not in relation to when you bring the carbon mincha no the ashka happens before the carbon mincha it's 
it's just telling me Achar after the erasing, after it's fully erased. And then Hishka Basra tells me Shosa that if the Megillah was erased and she refuses, then we force her to drink it anyway. Megillah's already been erased, so now you're going to have to drink this water. For Rabbi Shimon Savar, and Rabbi Shimon says, no, Vachar Yashke Lugufo. Of the three times it mentions drinking, only one of them mentions timing explicitly. And that is the second time it says, right after describing everything we did with the Karban Mincha. That has to be the, the, the one that's about the timing. So that's got to be after the, uh, that Yamashka after that Krava of the Karban Mincha. Vehishka Kama, what about the first time it says Vehishka? Shem Hishka Vacharka Chikavism Chasuk Shera. That's to tell me that Pidyevit it works. That Pidyevit, if you were to do the Ashka'a before you do the Mincha, it would still be kosher. And then Vehishka Basra is to tell me Shem Nimcha Begillah Vaamra Enishosa that if it's been erased and she says, I refuse to drink, then Ma'arunosa Mashkunosa Balkarcha. Then we force her, we force her to. Uh, to, to drink it, uh, to drink it anyway. So the uh, Rabbanan and the Rabbanan who do not learn like Rabbi Shimon, they'll say b'diavet that it can't be that the very first time it says vehishka is a b'diavet. Meaning that's meaning according to the way Rabbi Shimon is learning it, v'achar yashka is the second time. That's when they're telling me the right order. The, the first vehishka is a b'diavet. The b'diavet, if you did it too early, it still works. The Rabbanan say it can't be that the first time the Torah mentions. The drinking, it's talking about a bedieved? No, the first time it's got to be talking about a lichachila. So bottom line is, according to the Rabbanon, the first vehishka tells me the ikr din of hashka, that it needs to be before the karban mincha. V'achari hashka tells me that you have to erase the Megillah entirely to the point that it's ein rishumon nikr. And then the last vehishka tells me that once it's erased, then uh, she can't back out anymore, she needs to drink it. Rabbi Shimon learns that the first vehishka tells me that if you did the hashka prior to the mincha, it's going to be kosher. The va'achar yishka tells me how it should be timed, that it should be after the mincha. And then the last yishka tells me that once it's been erased, we force her to drink it. Rabbi Akiva disagrees with Rabbi Shimon, and he holds that if you're mashka before the hakrava, it's not even kosher b'diyavad. Right, Rabbi Akiva, who we had in the first price, uh, agrees with Rabbi Shimon that Ashka needs to be after the Karban Mincha, not like the Rabbanan, but Rabbi Akiva goes even further and he says it must be afterwards. And if it's done before, it's going to be possible. What does the first Vehishka teach me? That once they erase the Megillah, that we're Mashkinosa Balkarcha. So if that's what we learned from the first Pasuk, that's what both Rabbi Shimon and the Rabbanan learned from the third Pasuk. So, he, uh, so he, he's in disagreement with Rabbi Shimon and he holds that, uh, um, that, 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 uh, that, that even if it's uh, uh, the, the Rabbi Shimon, he holds that even if the Megillah was Nimcha Shalokadin, before the Akhtara, we're still mashkar. The Pasuk Bachar Yashka, according to Rabbi Kiva, tells me that you need to be mochik the Megillah to the point where it's in Rishumun Nikr. And the final, the Hishka, tells me the Iker Din of Hashka'ah, that you need to be mashka uh, after the, uh, the Hakrava. Okay, so now, says the Gemara, we, let's go back to Shittas Rabbi Akiva for a second. Does Rabbi Akiva really hold that you're mashka the woman Balkarcha? Rabbi Akiva learned that that's what the first Vihishka is about, that we're mashka or Balkarcha. 
that even if she refuses, that we're still mashka her. They would take a piece of barzel, put it in her mouth, because if the Megillah was erased and she refuses to drink, we force her to drink it anyway. But Amr Rabbi Akiva... Bikiva says, well, what's the point of being mashkar? It's just to see if she was guilty or not. If she refuses to drink, she's guilty. So, you know, there's no point in shoving it down her throat. So, until the Kravis HaKometz, she could still back out. It's only after Kravis HaKometz that she can't back out and we're going to force it down her throat. But bottom line is that you see that Rabbi Akiva holds that we don't force it down her throat in this price. And yet the Bryson that we quoted earlier, Rabbi Kiva said that we do force it down her throat. And that's what we learned from the Pasuk. So which is it? So says Gemara, wait, this Bryson that you just quoted, you're totally okay with? Even Minei Bey, it's a stira. Chigufa. Rabbi Kiva's shita in this Bryson is not so clear at all. Because first Rabbi Kiva says, we would never be Mashkar about Karcha. What's the point? She's guilty. Obviously, she's refusing. But then he says, Mishkar that once we're Makar of the Komets, Mashkar about Karcha. What do you mean? You're Rabbi Akiva. You just have Your whole svara is that if she's refusing to drink, there's no point in giving her to drink because she's guilty. So why, once the comets is brought, once you mock to the comets, does that change all of a sudden? And now, and now we're going to force her. So Lokash will answer both stiras, both the stira minei ubei in shitas Rabbi Akiva and the stira from one brisa to the other. Ha machmas ritita. That if uh, that when Rabbi Akiva said that if you're already car of the comets. We're mashkar balkarcha. That's where we see that she's trembling about the shtiya samayim. So you can't say that it's that her refusal to drink is an admission of guilt. She's nervous, and that's why she's refusing to drink. It's scary. The whole situation is is scary. The whole context is scary. So in such a case, we're going to force her to drink because we still want to discover whether she's innocent or not. We don't know that she's guilty, but vaha, when Rabbi Kiva says, nah, there's no point in being mashkar, she's obviously guilty, she's refusing to drink, that's the kahadra That's if she's very calmly refusing to drink. If she's very calmly refusing to drink, then you know that, uh, that, that, that she's guilty. That's an admission of guilt. Vahachi kamar, and this is what Rabbi Kiva is saying, kol machmas priyusa, klal klal If she's calmly refusing to drink, there's no point in giving her to drink, she's guilty. Machmas ritis, Resisa, but if she's terrified, then if it's before they were makra of the comets, which means the Megillah was not yet erased, uh, they, because the Zman of erasing the Megillah is after the Akhtaras HaKomets, or maybe they did erase the Megillah, but it was improper, they shouldn't have, because you're not supposed to erase the Megillah until after the Akhtaras HaKomets, then she could be Choser, because so long as the Megillah is not erased, she could be Choser and say that she doesn't want to drink because we're not mashka woman in Balkarcha. Uh, but But once the karva it was ready karva comets and then they erased the megillah and they did it properly. They were supposed to erase the, erase the megillah and they had Then she can't be chosra anymore. Uh, we're going to force it down her throat because uh, we assume that she had not yet admitted guilt because she's terrified and that's why she's refusing to drink only because she's terrified. But 
but not because there's any sort of uh, sort of admission of uh, of guilt. So uh, the, the question is like, what do you do with uh, the the, the uh, what are the other tenaim hold? Meaning Rabbi Kiva Svara that if she's calm, it doesn't that tell you that uh, that she's that she's uh, admitting guilt only? You know why, why is she so calm if she's not admitting guilt? So uh, so points out. You don't know if she's calm, you know, like uh, she, someone psyched her up before and said, never let him see you sweat. Just, you know, walk in with confidence. There are many situations where people are extremely nervous and they, uh, you know, and they, 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 they know how to fake it pretty well. So there's no, there's no real telling whether she's calm or not. So it turns out that if they erase the Megillah improperly before the Akhtar Sakomets, she could be Choser. So says Mara, well, Kasha Drabikiva, Well, then it's a steer in Rabikiva to the previous price, uh, because Hasa Amar Mechika Ma'akva, because over there he said, Kolzman, that they were not Mochik the Megillah, she's not going to drink Bal Karchab. Once they're Mochik the Megillah, even if they were not Makhtu the Komets, and, uh, and, they went, and therefore the Mechika was Shalokadin, we are Mashka her Bal Karcha, and she's not able to, uh, to drink. Hacha Amar Komets Ma'akev, but over here he says that the Kometz is Ma'akev, and so long as they were not Ma'akev of the Kometz, she could still be, be Choser, even if they were Mochik the Megillah. So the steer of the Gemara is asking right now is, what if they were Mochik the Megillah improperly, too early? Can she still back out and say, look, I didn't tell you to erase the Megillah at the wrong time, I'm still allowed to back out? Or do we say, no, once the Megillah is erased, there's no backing out? So that's Tretanoi Valibid Rabbi Kiva. That's a stira within the sheet of Rabbi Akiva. Okay, Belshem, tomorrow we'll pick up with Ibayulahu on the third line. Everyone have a great day.